0: This podcast is made possible by the generosity of listeners and viewers like you. Kindly consider a contribution through Patreon or PayPal. Links are in the details box. Any amount is appreciated. And follow us on social media. We're on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, the handle The Beirut Banyan. Rate and review us on Apple Podcasts, and to stay updated with video releases, subscribe to our YouTube channel. Thanks for listening and thanks for watching. I'm Rani Shatah. This is the Beirut Banyan.
1: This is a special night because it's the first time we do sampling. Um, I think everything's been tested, so no one's going to pass out. Uh, I'd like to introduce two friends that I met just three weeks ago. Who I've now gotten to know really well yeah. with MTV and tonight here at Adias, Randy Chartouni and Huda Reza, co-founders of a small enterprise, but something that I'm actually, I think, addicted to suddenly, <laughs> Poppin' Pollen. Addicted because I've just sampled some of your product and I'm enjoying it. I'm enjoying the
2: after effect. Thank you for the marketing. <laughs> yeah, <that's laughs> <pretty sad. laughs> so,
1: we will share it as we talk about it. And I think because it's a small audience, there'll be a lot to share. Mm-hmm. Each person will have pollen overdose by the end.
3: <laughs> Hopefully, uh, no allergies.
1: No allergies, no. <clears throat> Let's actually get through the basics first. Just the beekeeping tradition, a general, uh, general maybe framework of what it's, life, what it's like to be a beekeeper. And maybe a bit about your family tradition.
2: Yeah, so beekeeping is a, a natural. Uh, like you can go to the nature and work with the bees, and you can feel them. You can see how they react to the nature, to the weather, to the climate. You can understand the life, the, uh, how they the how they work, and how the life should work, a, because they are an example of a a good uh, enterprise or uh,
3: community. community
2: community yeah they have uh, uh, a very good uh, leadership and uh, they work with kilshi mazboot bimeesho sah fi rules fi and they a role model of uh, a good uh, community and you set up a page called
1: beekeepers Lebanon yeah which brings beekeepers together to what I guess share insights
2: yeah for uh, awareness and for to help uh, more people to get into beekeeping and to know more about uh, bees and the benefits of uh, bees from uh, the product from uh, beekeeping from uh, the product to the self uh, gain that they can, a beekeeper can, uh, can gain from uh, beekeeping. So. so we'll dance around beekeeping as we
1: discuss, but I'd like to introduce you, Hoda. You're a digital, market, digital marketer. You're a journalist as well, but you're a co-founder of a brand, a product that you're working on together. So maybe your own sort of backstory with regards to nature and maybe why nature brings you two together naturally. No pun intended. Mm-hmm.
3: <laughs> Growing up, I was raised in Damur. So I was always surrounded by nature, by greenery. And my father, after his retirement, he's also now a full-time agriculture. Um, we have actually banana plantations in Damur. So I always had this close relation to nature, but I wasn't very much involved uh, up until COVID, when I started spending more time in nature. And when I actually met Randy, our first uh, few dates together, if you want to say, or um, getaways were always in nature. We were, uh, this this united us, like our love for nature, our hope for a greener Lebanon. Uh, We were just so tired of being in the city and always wanted to explore uh, greener, greener areas in the country. So we were always, um, this is like also a core foundation of our relationship, like our love for nature and for the daya as well.
1: So you guys have actually been together slightly longer as a couple than when you started Poppin' Pollen. Mm
3: -hmm. And if I
1: understood it right, it's this week that it's a one-year celebration for your product.
3: Happy birthday to Poppin' Pollen. Happy Happy birthday.
1: birthday. (laughs) So maybe this is a nice way to actually introduce the product itself, and then we can get into the benefits of pollen and why you chose pollen in particular. Because I actually got asked this on social media if this is going to be an episode about honey and i kept saying no It's no. about pollen yeah and yeah so maybe we oh perfect yeah. and the good news it still records
3: okay so uh, we can see Lebanon yeah <laughs> living in nature yeah, <laughs> With Exactly, no electricity. Yeah.
1: so while it's dark and it's still recording let's let's actually get out the product itself yeah. i think it's, it's was here. it on one of the tables oh there it is just to understand these are this yeah. is processed
3: no, pollen. it's not processed. It's not processed. No, no, it's 100% organic. The bees make it like this. The Thanks. beekeepers just take it and dry it because it's usually wetter. So what happens is that the bee goes into the flower hunting during spring, for example, or pollination season. Yeah. And uh, pollen is actually like super high in protein and nutrients. So the bees actually eat it like it's nutrient for the bees. So the bees collect it like with their you know small legs, and then they, they make it into they turn it into a small very small ball, and uh, so those
1: balls are. Made
2: by the bees.
3: Yes. Yeah,
1: you're exactly. kidding me. That's that's yes. no, no. that's the, that's yeah.
3: the shape. Exactly.
2: That's the final so
1: product. Can we
3: open so it the, again? The, just the bee to, is offering yes. you the
2: final product. Yeah,
1: I'd like to see it up close again. Because so that you're not messing around with no. the pollen.
3: No, no, That's the bee pollen. But when we extract, when like the bees make it, it's a bit more wet because it's um, the pollen from flowers. Camena, the saliva of the bees. So beekeepers only dry it. They don't do anything else.
1: So you, you're literally drying. Seeds, not yeah. seeds. Uh, what are they called?
3: No, it's like a uh, wet uh, uh, yeah, powder.
2: Powder, yeah. Oh, I see. It's
3: but they fully, make it into balls. Yeah,
2: it's fully organic. It's uh, we, we, So we, we take it and we offer for, we offer for the people. It's very uh, So the hard part is, I guess, organic.
1: actually getting these one by one. That must be the difficult... Yeah. That's what requires machinery and patience. Yeah. yeah. Okay. And
3: actually setting the... The little trap for the pollen to fall when the bee enters the hive, right?
2: Yeah. So do you guys want more? As as Huda said... Can I take more? Yeah,
3: Yeah, of of course. course. (laughs) You
2: will live longer. 15 more
3: minutes.
1: (laughs) That's an interesting amount of time. (laughs) How about 15 years extra? (laughs) Okay, so I'll keep this on the side for now.
2: And every... uh, Pollen is from a flower, so you can see the difference for, uh, of yeah. colors. So the blue is from the Levant. The, uh, the yellow is from... Uh, yeah, other one.
3: flowers. Like each, each pop of pollen is unique, because each comes from one flower or a mix between many flowers, depending on the bee.
1: So, and I know from MTV, I know that you import Spanish pollen. Yeah. Yes. So the Spanish pollen is diversified pollen. These are flowers from different parts of Spain, I guess.
2: Uh, uh, No, it's uh, in the same uh, village of Spain. Oh. But it's white flowers.
3: Yeah.
2: Oh,
4: okay.
3: So this is from white flowers, but it's from the same field. But in Lebanon as well, we have like white flower pollen, which is also colorful like this.
1: Hmm. Okay, so let's actually get into the benefits of pollen. When I taste it, and we'll also talk about propolis in a bit. I do get a bit of a boost, or maybe it's psychological. But I, I... don't
3: think so. No, it's it's, no, real? it's real.
1: Okay, so I do feel better. <laughs> I do. No, no, really, I do. The propolis, more so.
3: Hmm.
1: I don't know if that's the alcohol effect, but that could be part of it. But this, no, it is definitely something that's sort of a, a slight boost. What, what are the exact benefits of pollen? Why do you sell pollen? Um,
2: okay. go, go ahead.
1: So.
3: Um, like the first effect you see when you take pollen is the small energy boost you get, but it's much more than this. Like taking pollen on the daily, you get, um, you get to experience the full range of its benefits, which is like, um, so pollen is one of the world's superfoods because it has vit- all, um, so many vitamins like A, B, C, zinc. It has protein, it has iron. Uh, so it's so full of minerals and vitamins that when you take it on the daily, it almost um, ends like your deficiencies. You're, you don't have an, any, any nutrient deficiencies anymore. And you have the stable level of energy throughout your whole day because it's, you know, a supplement that's completing, completing your health kind of. So it keeps you healthy. It, bring, uh, it takes away your allergies. It boosts your immunity. So you do feel better. Your skin looks better. Your digestion is better because your overall health is better and everything is related to the food you eat.
2: Yeah, and cosmetic uh, cream, they use uh, bee pollen. Mm-hmm. What is that? Medic? Cosmetic cream. Like. Yeah, oh, oh, uh, for I cosmetics.
3: See. You can use it for cosmetics uh, as topical use, but it's a different formula. Like, hmm. But in the raw form like this, when you so consume it on the o- daily...
2: We're offering the raw product, with, uh, <laughs> yeah. the basic. And you can uh, take it with uh, a spoon or with uh, tea, with coffee, with water, with... Uh, Bowl of fruits with. uh, But this is not something that melts.
3: It does. It it does. Mm -hmm.
2: We can do a. a
1: Yeah, actually, maybe that would be nice to see how it melts.
3: Yeah, it melts.
1: uh, Maybe get a glass of water.
3: (laughs) (laughs) So when it melts, it becomes like a bit yellow. So the liquid becomes yellow.
1: Hala, yeah. me show you we'll get a glass of water to. do.
3: So while waiting uh, it's important to mention that bee products in general like honey pollen, they always need to be uh, in lukewarm water, not too hot because hot water kills the benefits like of, uh, of bee products. So it's important to take it either in hot in, in lukewarm water or cold with a smoothie. Um, actually the best way like if you don't want the raw pollen is to take it with a smoothie.
1: And why do gym enthusiasts? Why do they use pollen? Why is it Uh, associated
2: with? It's full of uh, minerals. It's uh, the best uh, supplement to take for uh, your minerals, for your bones, for your after recovery from Mm. uh, gym. Uh, I will try to
3: like besides the energy part.
2: So it's a a
1: post-workout. Post
3: and pre, post and pre, but actually we have a friend who who's an athlete and he always takes protein shakes, so he has a bit of digestive issues if you Mm. want, like constipation. So bee pollen actually stopped this. Like when he added the bee pollen to his shake, um, he's uh, he's back to regular. Yeah.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Oh yeah! Right away.
3: Yeah.
2: Okay. Yeah.
3: It's a bit hard to melt I think the
2: it's water powder. Is cool. so when you mix it with water it will uh, uh, go back to its initial uh, basic uh, powder okay so let's let's assume
1: all of this is correct so far and that there are advantages to something like pollen maybe it boosts your workout activity, maybe it helps you wind down it obviously it gave me a what felt like a soft joyful feeling around my body. Um, but let's get into maybe why you decided to market it. So, are you looking to enter the organic food market? Are you trying to do holistic awareness? Because this is not a standard product, and I know that you you sell it mostly in pharmacies. Yeah. So maybe maybe the sector you're trying to
2: enter. Uh, we talk, uh, bee pollen is a target from uh, for. Uh vegetarians at first so people who would people who don't eat meat don't consume meat they have a lack of uh, deficiency in uh, protein and minerals so bee pollen will uh, adjust uh, your uh, body deficiency Uh...
3: but it's also good for uh, we're trying to enter basically the health sector it's a supplement Mm. so in general whether it's it's at a pharmacy or at a gym um, it's good everywhere you know it's like passepartout pas, uh, it fits everywhere it fits whether you're looking to improve your health or to improve your gym performance or to um, to just have a little extra savory taste in your yeah. in your dishes because it even elevates culinary experiences
2: Le- yeah, less sorry. sugar more pollen That's our have slogan. you find
1: it have you found it catching on in other areas because you, you mentioned it several times you can sprinkle the powders on on almost everything. Mm-hmm. And it melts, and you can put it, I guess, in tea, or if, I don't know, coffee would taste good with pollen, but Super. I guess it does. T- Instead yeah. of
2: sugar, you can Instead use, uh, of sugar. Pollen. Yeah.
1: But do you find that that market is interested in pollen? I've, I've never seen pollen offered anytime I go out, really anywhere, any restaurant, any cafe. Mm. I never get the pollen option.
3: Yeah. In healthy places, by the way, in Lebanon, for example, in uh, uh, fruit bowl shops or, uh, or smoothie shops, uh, we're, they're starting to offer pollen. We're raising awareness. Actually, we, reach, we have been reaching out to them as well. And everyone is interested in bee pollen. So in this regard, when it comes to a natural, a natural sweetener, a natural boost, it is, it's being more more and more known. But our whole mission, actually, then and I, was to spread awareness on it. Because whenever we said we have a bee pollen brand, everyone was asking, oh, is it honey? So even in Lebanon, the market is more interested in honey, but because there's no awareness on the benefits of pollen as an individual product alone. So
1: So I'll save Propolis for later, because we can share that with the audience too. We'll all get a bit drunk talking about Propolis. (laughs) Let's save that towards the end. Uh, The actual marketing factor, is this something that just extends from your work and that you wanted to maybe bridge what... Randy loves doing with a business model that, in a way, you're trained for. Mm-hmm. Is that your role in this?
3: Yes. Yes, so let's talk of. about
1: that small business operator yeah. that finds a beekeeper, yeah. <laughs> and decides to sell something together.
3: Yeah, I mean he introduced me to this product. Um, but to be fair, Randy had always this business mindset. He always wanted to, you know, um, let's let's do something. I think together we're a good pair. Uh, we have very different skills, like in very different areas that, that complete each other. So he, we always had this idea that we we wanted to to do something. Together, like businessy, um, but um, it just happened randomly that he was actually at a beekeeping workshop, and then he came back and he told me, "Listen, I need to introduce you to this product. It's so good." But we did not have the intention to sell it at first. We were just taking it personally, and when we saw that it had so many good effects on the, on our personal health, uh, I said, "Okay, man, this is such a good product. Let's let's just market it and sell it."
1: And you're the first person that introduced. Yes. For that to pollen. Yeah. So I'd like to get into your pre Randy phase, pre pollen and post Randy (laughs) pollen. Really, I'm going to just speculate you were probably more like me before you started dating Randy, Mm -hmm. and that it didn't factor into your day to day living that you'd ever use pollen.
3: No. And then
1: overnight, you become a fanatic.
3: Exactly. Yeah.
1: So that process. That's obviously beyond love. You're not doing this because you're in a relationship. What did pollen exactly do for you that made you want to start a business?
5: Mm-hmm.
1: So what, what are the personal uh, benefits for you of
0: pollen?
3: So personally, when I first started using pollen and I saw the energy boost it gave me after I started working out, that was pretty much it for me, because uh, I'm not into um, unnatural supplements. I'm not into workout supplements. Like I eat uh, a bunch of junk food, so this this wasn't really important for me. But I wasn't into workout supplements, and I wanted something to improve my personal performance at the gym. That's that's basically it. So
1: so it goes back to health.
3: It goes back to health. Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. It goes back to the health effect I saw, and then everyone around me. For example, uh, I uh, I made my parents try it. Uh, Over time, like Mm. uh, over a week. I said, please take this every day over a week. And they did. And they told me, like, we're really feeling more energized. Uh, We feel good. So everyone was feeling good. We were feeling good. So, And is there
1: a specific moment where you both realized you could actually sell this together? Is there something you saw? Did you see a gap? Did you see people reaching out to you directly, wanting to
2: use this? Uh... It was a bit shy from uh, from the audience at first. Uh, people tend to go for honey. Uh, so in one year, I think we, we did a lot of uh, good job for, for uh, our, a good awareness for uh, bees and the product of bees from uh, bee pollen. So now we can see people talk more about bee pollen And uh, we did a good impact.
1: Um, No, but I'm curious why, okay, before
2: you meet, there's no product like
1: this. And then suddenly there is. What is it exactly that made you decide I can sell this?
3: Probably the gap in the market. Because whenever we were going to be uh, be product shops, everyone was selling uh, honey. Uh, everyone was asking about honey. Even when we opened the pollen brand and we branded it as it's pollen, bee pollen, people were saying, "Oh, it's honey." right So there were zero awareness. So we wanted to bridge this gap, and yeah
1: But there's two things you have to do then. you have to spread awareness while you're spreading your product.
3: Yeah. So that's
1: two jobs at once. Do you find that it's financially successful, and is it financially successful because you're actually going? to yeah. these shops and
2: explaining it i think we we were easy on ourselves so we went uh, on our own pace so we uh, the place we go we, we were talking uh, with the bartender with our uh, community we spread we were spreading uh, uh, we were and we were happy for to to help and to spread and to, for the awareness it's it's uh, like you, you you are helping the community for uh, changing from sugar and from uh, uh, and, uh, from unhealthy uh, products to go for a healthy and organic and uh, natural product, so it was like it was very fun yeah. I think it was fun, and uh, we learned a lot, and uh, we met a lot of people. Uh, it was very interesting. But you mentioned bartender. Yeah. So
1: you're going to bars
2: as yeah, well. Yeah, we we the yeah.
1: So, so is it really a one by one operation? You're going to
2: specific locations. Industries like alcohol industry, tea industry, juice industry, uh, food industry. Uh,
3: yes. We wanted like, also Randy, that's mostly Randy's work on the ground because he was always like, I know we can introduce pollen uh, to a bar. Let's introduce it to a gym. So it was very diverse and everyone was accepting the product. Hmm. So I do think it is a financially successful product, of course, Hmm. because it attracts so many different audiences. It has so many uses. Like It's not only for the um, healthier people. It's actually for fancy uh, alcoholics, for example. There's an alcohol Prosecco. Uh, uh, I mean pollen pollen pollen, yeah. pr- pollen, prosecco so there are so many ways to incorporate it in your diet sometimes you can also just add it over sweets that are super unhealthy but you know there's pollen so it's a bit of a new topping it's a pretty um, it's a special product in terms of benefits and in terms of you know being unique
1: yeah. have you found reluctancy from anyone because I would say from me a uh, uh, hesitation I would say from me as somebody who's a bit not cynical, but maybe dismisses this at the at the beginning. Have you found people saying, "I don't need this. I have
2: yeah, uh, whatever. I'm I have taking honey pills. I'm taking pills from the pharmacy. I don't need. I'm taking protein shake. I don't need. I'm taking right. minerals, uh, zinc, and uh, pills from the pharmacy." But, uh Yeah,
3: we also had some people tell us um, pollen won't work. You have to sell honey. And we were like, but there, is, there are so many honey brands and you don't know which one to buy. And you there's can't
2: fake a b- a pollen. You can't fake it. Uh, and, but but you, there's a lot of fake honey on the market. So that's a difference. Me-
1: meaning you can't actually artificially create yeah. pollen. There's artificial honey? I
2: don't. Yeah, I didn't of course, yes, with sugar.
3: Oh. The cheap honey, basically. Right, yeah, yeah. So yeah. it's
1: mixed. That's yeah. sort of, yeah. Okay, so we'll get to propolis in a bit that's the fun one. Uh, you're in your beehive. You're making the queen bee happy. You're making sure she's laying her eggs comfortably. You're risking your life. <laughs> you mentioned earlier on MTV, 4,000 eggs are laid per day. Yeah, in uh, high season. High season, right. So you're doing this as a hobby, but also it's a passion. And it's a family tradition. So you're looking at the bees. And
2: often. you're helping the bees. You know, when you are uh, beekeeping, you are helping the bees to, to grow and to build the, their uh, hive and to, to expand. Right.
1: And then you see them extracting pollen because that's what they do, their bees, taking it to their beehive. But you decide to interrupt the process, get in the way, and steal the pollen. Do the bees suffer as a result that you're selling what they do
2: for then, survival? Yeah, you should always... Uh, How we do uh, manage to, uh, how we do, to uh, equilib between uh, what you are taking from them and what you are keeping. And all the beekeepers try to to keep like, when you extract even honey, you should keep them, uh, keep a bit of honey for them to, so so they can live and eat and consume. Same as uh, bee pollen, you should, Leave, um, and leave the quantity of bee pollen in uh, their hive. So, because the queen needs bee pollen uh, to, to lay eggs. If there is no pollen, there is no protein, there is no nutrition uh, in the hive. So the queen can't lay eggs. So there has to be a steady amount of pollen going in. Yeah. But
1: you're micromanaging a hive in a sense. So that's I did. I did not know beekeepers do this. That they actually in a way they're farming.
2: Yeah, Uh, you should always try to uh, to check on the hive so you can see what they need. What uh, if they have a lack of uh, pollen, honey, or uh, if they have a, how we say like a virus. You, like as a beekeeper you should know everything what's happening in the hive mm. so always um. you should check, check mm. in the hive what is happening
3: and you change your other location from
2: yeah uh, as a beekeeper yani, as the hive is uh, in the winter uh, so the spring starts early in the coast coastal area so we finish, a baker. So we finish a baker. Close the season in June. No, there is no. We start to bring the more. So that's how we work as a beekeeper. So we start so to a good climate, a good area with a good uh, plantations and climate.
1: Now you're importing Spanish pollen because it's cheaper. When maybe the health standard is already there, it's certified. But before doing this, you were using your own pollen. Yeah. Okay. So you had, you have a feel for what Lebanese pollen tastes like. Is there any
2: difference? Uh, as it, uh, not a lot. But uh, we don't dry it in Lebanon. Uh, first, second, you don't try it. We don't dry, dry. It. dry no. it, you don't dry it. Yeah, okay. and second, uh, we, have, we don't have a lot of uh, types of flowers. So as you, I know, you should, uh, when we extract the pollen we extract for three, four days only. So be only three, four days, there is not a lot of types of uh, flowers. So mm. uh, one type of flower or two. So you will see the same color of uh, pollen, you know. Now you can check uh, Spanish bee pollen. They have a lot of uh, variety. Mm. So so the taste will change, you know. The Lebanese bee pollen, the same same taste for... uh, So I imagine a
1: beekeeper in their element are probably cool-headed, zenitude-like, very, very, um, very calm people.
2: Yeah. Only on camera, I'm not... Gonna...
1: Oh, on camera, well, <laughs> yeah. I mean, avoiding getting stung by bees, you have to be maybe at a certain... I think your heartbeat has to also match. <laughs> yeah. You're, you have to
2: be calm and patient. Because they feel you. Yeah. So when you are uh, nervous, they, they feel you are nervous. You can't... Uh, uh, you're afraid or you're... Uh, they feel everything the bees.
1: Okay, so that kind of it's not solitude, but there is a sense of isolation there. You're busy with your bees yeah. tending to the beehive, extracting your pollen, and here comes a social media sort of uh, train <laughs> and wants to take this product online. So let's talk about how you use digital marketing to sell this. Is it simply a matter that you literally approach different shops online mm-hmm. and say, "Look at this beehive, look at Randy?" Look at how adorable he is with his suit on. And look at our pollen. Look at the whole industry. We can sell this stuff together. I mean, what, what exactly are you doing? Mm.
3: So actually to market our product, we were more doing um, in-person in person meetings. Oh. We were not reaching to businesses online, but we used our online platform mostly for, for exposure and for awareness. Like we were spreading facts about bee pollen. We were more into information online mm-hmm. and to show them, um, like our pretty product, you know, because um, bee pollen is such a it's such a good product raw, but you have to market it well as well because you have to make people want it. It's a new product; they know nothing about it. So, so social
1: media for awareness, not for the
3: actual yeah. Sales. Social media was for awareness, and oh. so we do take sales. Like people can message us on our page. We yeah. we do delivery. We do we deliver our product, but uh, we don't. We rarely approach businesses uh, via social media. No, it's mostly in person.
2: Okay. Yeah.
1: Well, we'll get, we'll save the best topic to after propolis because that's the stuff i think i want to talk about the most let's try propolis and let's yes. let's I don't, you, do you recommend just doing drops yeah, yeah. share drops yeah, it's okay. better. yeah. yeah. so let's usually do-
3: for propolis by the way uh can i yeah. dive into the benefits? please and it, let's just it's it's bees
1: yeah it's glue. bee
3: glue the the glue that bees use to either close the hive or to protect themselves from animals they just stick
1: I love the feeling of this stuff. Hey, Randy, come back.
3: <laughs> so you need five, three to five drops per day. And for yeah. example, if you have an uh, if you have an allergy or an inflammation um, or an infection, you can take a cure over two weeks. You take at night and in the morning, but only for a limited time, like for two weeks, and then you stop for a month. Uh, if you want to take it, if you want to consume it daily,
1: why do you have to stop? Um,
3: so it still has a good effect. Uh, so it's still oh, beneficial for okay. you.
1: Why? Because the body just adjusts to it. Yeah,
3: sometimes. So uh you can either take it also one time per week or two times per week, three drops.
1: This is just so amazing.
3: So it clears your throat.
1: (laughs) The victimship is amazing. Just.
3: Yeah. So it can clear your throat. It's good for coughing. It's uh, good for digestion. I think this one is easier to consume. You know, it's drops. Pollen sometimes. It's um, sometimes people don't feel like. No, but I get the
1: kick from this. Yeah. So is that really just alcohol makes it
2: with people?
3: No. no. No, with uh, propolis. propolis yeah. yeah.
1: Is that the difference that I'm feeling that I'm getting the alcohol
2: boost? Yeah, look, uh propolis uh يعne, it's uh, very known for his specialty بال, uh, يعne, it's very uh, يعne, in pharmacies you, you can you can yani
3: it's easily found it's more
2: easily than found.
1: pollen yeah yeah No but I mean the there's a jolt yeah so uh, can this happen with pollen if you were to li- liquefy it?
3: No even if you take it mm, liquefying pollen
1: with, uh, if you were to make it like propolis
2: in other words pollen drops it's gonna be a new one though in the
3: <laughs> universe <Yeah.
5: laughs> what, what,
2: what? It's, uh, it's gonna be a, it's gonna be new. Mm-hmm. Maybe we, we will about. try it. I don't know. We didn't yeah, have we idea it. yet.
5: <laughs> we oh, melt
3: it with melt coffee. It. or uh, No, but we mix it with coffee or uh, as Randy said, tea.
1: But can pollen end up like propolis? In other words, drop form? Can you actually do that?
3: I think so. I think everything's doable, no? Uh,
2: we had a friend who, <laughs> tri- who, did, a cocktail, who did a cocktail with uh, vodka and gin. So
3: infused and in pollen. Infused
2: with pollen. Okay. So, yes, we can do this. Marketing for the alcoholics, you know.
1: Yeah.
3: A... yeah.
2: Can you show me again
1: what happens with the water? Can you do a few more of the propolis?
2: Okay.
5: Yes.
1: Yeah, just because like, it, it's crazy. Oh, no, it's still there. I see. So that doesn't go away. That layer.
3: No, you can mix it as well. Uh, you can show them. So this is a layer of propolis. This is what happens oh, yeah. when you add it right. in water. And when you mix it, it's white.
1: So that's the bee glue
3: mm-hmm.
1: in its original state. No, it, no. It's
3: original state is a. It's like a black stone.
1: Ah, okay. Yeah, it's
3: like the one you see sometimes on the trees. You know, like there's a gluey substance. I've that ne- doesn't always come from from bees, but it's very yeah. similar to miel. That was
2: um, uh, a <laughs> syrup of uh, trees. Yeah, you know. Oh, so it, it's like that at the beginning.
3: Yeah.
2: Oh wow. They extracted from uh, some of uh, shajar, uh, so kamen. Uh, uh, Propolis be could loan a shajra, for example, yeah. Mm. Snoobrogien. So
1: And this is a, a bee's way of trapping uh intruders
2: into the hive? Uh no. Uh, actually they use propolis to at first to close the gaps in the hive. Like when I'm before with Hawaii sacruo. Right. And uh if an intruder, like a lizard, uh, come in to eat the pollen, the, the uh, lizard comes in the hive to eat the pollen. Uh, so they kill him. Mm. Uh, and then, ta- no, because it's uh, very heavy, they can't uh, move it out. So they uh, cover, it. cover it with uh, propolis. You know They mummify the animal in the hive. They're brutal inside the hive. Yeah, yeah so you can see uh, and at the end, uh, starting a spring, you open the hive and you can see maybe you can see a lizard like uh, mummified like this and uh, animals mummified.
1: And the bees are actually, are they eating the lizard or they're just no, killing it? No, they
2: it? Are the only cover. They just cover it. Yeah, mm-hmm. they cover the gaps. they cover the predators like uh, lizard. The dead, the uh, hive. That's One more okay. question about the hive. Yeah, that queen bee.
1: If it's that disturbed, <laughs> yeah, well, yeah. <laughs> that other queen bee. Yes, the, if it's disturbed, it abandons the hive. Does that happen to beekeepers regularly? That you have dead hives? Uh,
2: yes, it's uh, it's regular, but we try to fix it uh, asap. So what we do, we we leave uh, the hive, and automatically they will uh, m- uh, they will make another queen. You know? Oh, another queen emerges, but the yeah. same hive is used. Yeah, again. in two weeks they can do another queen. You can check uh, in the hive; they you will see a, a bigger uh, a egg. You know, uh, because the queen is bigger, so they form a big uh, house. Uh, Michelle, I know, uh, no. The hexagon? Like the, and the one and the wax? Yeah, it will be bigger, you know. And this is the queen. You will see, it will always be under the frame. It will be the queen. So, they will add more royal jelly, they will add more bee pollen. And royal uh, jelly mm. and bee pollen will make the, uh, the egg grow to become a queen. So the queen is
1: replaceable. Yeah. The hive, you have to keep that safe. So you, how many hives do you have in your... Uh,
2: 30, 40, oh, you wow. know. Uh, when you exit, uh, you end uh, the winter. Uh, at the end of the winter, uh, some hives
3: die. Yeah, some mm. hives
2: hive die. Uh, so you you renew... Uh, July, June, you know. Wow. 30 queen bees. And that means
1: hundreds of thousands of eggs Yeah, there's a lot of day.
2: data, you know. The, you, you should know the uh, age of the queen, the age of the hive. Uh, it's birthday. Yeah, the birthday, okay. And uh, um, you should write everything. No way to yeah, of course. So even uh, you can... Uh, f- 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 you know, the
3: Yeah, the small um, worms,
2: Yeah. sometimes
3: uh, they kill the, bee, kill the bees.
2: kill yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what, what is eating? It's a, it's a
3: kind it of worm that attacks bees and eats its mm. wings. So you have to protect the bees um, from the cold, from predators, and from also small in- insects. So how do you do it, actually? How do you protect hives from
2: insects? Uh, After we have drugs in Lebanon, we, bring, uh, we import drugs from outside, it's called Varroa. We see where there are, there are many of them in there. Sorry, medicine for the queen bee? For the, all the bees to cure from the Varroa. The worm. The worm. Oh, so it's, it's like a, it's an anti-worm Yeah, uh, you uh, should agent. do it twice a year. Abdel Atif or other Atif. Like Malaise Mikonfi Mennobil uh Bel Honey. Malaise it's not good. So speaking of a Queen Bee, yeah, you
1: you mentioned you wanted to, this to go into the episode, we're gonna talk about it. now we're talking We're going to talk about it, yeah. Yeah, Okay, because I know that Huda, you demand that he calls you Queen Bee in your love life. Is that right? (laughs) What? uh, I want to have my pollen while I...
3: What's this rumor, man? No.
1: So you wanted to talk about what it's like to own a small business and actually be with each other. Ha, 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 be with each other. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> to actually date. <laughs> 42-year-old joke, <Yeah.
0: laughs>
1: They get worse and worse. <laughs> that was one of the worst ones so far. Yeah. I, I, There'll be more to come, I'm sure. Yeah, yeah. So you're trying to actually set up a business together. So there's money. Money, I think, can disturb any relationship. Friendship, family, money always gets in the way. You're a young couple, you got together less than two years ago, and literally a year ago you started a business, and now you even have merchandise which you can give to people, which is quite (laughs) nice. And you mentioned that there's a lot of stress on not the business, on the romance, on the relationship. Yes. I would never ask guests this stuff, but you wanted to bring it up. So let me sit back and join my call in. (laughs) And talk, (laughs) tell me what it's like to date each other and sell pollen and, you know, survive because the economy is terrible. This country is bitter at the moment. You seem like a very sweet couple. You're selling health benefit product and you seem to be in your element, but there's stress. So talk about it.
2: Randy. About it, baby.
5: Randy you, you start <laughs> you start
2: okay so at first when you open, and the then brand, apologize for everything you just said <laughs> <laughs> at first when you open the oh brand <laughs> <laughs> did yeah. what did William say
0: apologize apologize oh apologize worse. thanks
1: William I think you win you, you win worst joke <laughs> he said Mahani
3: oh.
5: <laughs> oh he's
1: worse than me that's great <laughs> <laughs> Apologize. <laughs> so, the owner of Alias, we have to laugh when he says these things. So, <laughs> good, Great joke, William.
2: <laughs> you know, I, I have a. I learned business in UAG. Uh, so you know, I have a. Relationship, background. relationship. Yeah, okay, wait. Uh, so. Uh, so good. I, I learned management, you know. Mm. And Huda, she has a lot of uh, qualities and a lot of knowledge. And how we say, you know, she knows. Uh, skills? Skills? Yeah, she has skills. Okay. So, as a, as a boyfriend, I can see all she skills. But truth, truth is full her full potential. So that's how I, you know, when you see uh, how how I saw Huda working and giving ideas and uh, structuring uh, and planning, wow! I felt in love, Saraha. She, she, she's a queen. Like uh, you know, I'm a far, I'm a I'm, I'm a so beekeeper, sorry. and I'm uh, I, I work as uh, no and i I extract the product, so you know but I know if, as a far, as a farmer, it's difficult to to structure your idea and to structure uh, as a I know. Yeah. Right.
3: like I mean our first issues were I think that we were both so excited to have this brand i was uh, by the way um there are not not no such thing <coughs> as yeah you you don't have to say sorry <laughs> so um, I think, I think it was difficult for us. It was not managing money or anything because Randy comes from a finance background, so he was handling this. I come from a more creative, so we did not care about each other's departments. But uh, I think it was hard to keep up with the brand with, you know... Um, the stress of establishing a new relationship because we had our personal ups and downs. So it wasn't very stable at first to to, uh, commit to the brand fully while we were dealing with our uh, interpersonal stuff. So we were
1: always Interpersonal means separate like, issues or like.
3: Um, like to yes, know each other. Because yeah, separate, uh, yeah, and the brand helped us get to know each other yeah. because we we saw each other's rhythm, temper uh, when it comes to work, when it comes to managing uh, something. And so, uh, dealing
2: with people, with clients, yeah. and uh, getting. De- uh, so deals. after every
3: deal, we were actually having heavy conversations like, Nhoda, mm, you did this wrong, Randy, you did this wrong. It was. We were criticizing each other a lot. So at first it was a bit difficult to to hear this criticism from each other. But then we used it. Like now after a year we can say it was very beneficial because now we are on the same wave.
1: But it sounds like you guys already, the way you said it, you have separate skills. So no one is overstepping on Yes, each other. but
3: then when you get with a partner and now you open a brand... Now she's better
2: than me in finance. And
1: yeah, you open a brand. And to, well,
3: now uh, he's, he gives the creative ideas, for example. Yeah, so we were no. discovering um, each other, each other's the skills that we didn't know about throughout the brand. So and it was a difficult process at I first.
2: I didn't know that. So now you're the creative...
3: Now Marketing. Randy actually, yes, he was always like giving me uh, ideas. Uh, but,
2: uh, I'm managing uh, well, better than before and you're the finance side.
3: A bit like I'm oh, wow. more on business development because Randy being a, a beekeeper in nature he actually has so much creativity in him because he knows more about the bees and the pollen. You know. Mm-hmm. So he's more visual about the you know the what the process how we can teach people and I was more um, reading like my information online instead of you know I I went with him a couple times to see how it goes but he was the more visual and I was actually more into business development, and we didn't know this, so hmm. we we found this like in the um, in the middle, and um,
1: so it's enhancing the relationship. Now yes. it
3: is. But at first, it was like, oh my god! Like I thought I was the creative one, and you were the finance guy, you know. And then we switch. So okay. now we we're like, I thought you're the I'm even the creative, and you're the businessman. Now, like he's the she's creative. She's doing my I'm... jokes
2: now, and, you know. <laughs>
3: I'm doing finance jokes now and he's like uh, being creative let's like what's the color palette for our next project now? What's the what? (laughs) Color palette.
1: palette. Oh god.
3: So yeah. Now it did enhance but at first it was not easy so we always recommend like uh, getting to know each other a bit more before you know stepping into a brand but the overall... The overall experience gets you closer if you're
1: so let me then push a bit further. The expectations of a product can put pressure on a team
5: yes
3: yeah. so
1: forget let's say you're not in a relationship, you're just business partners mm-hmm. there's pressure on if sales are not good, maybe even maybe the product is not as aware as you'd like it to be. It would put strains on on, on a mm-hmm. team. you're a couple yes. So expectations of a product and expectations of each other, how do you you manage that?
3: At first, we were putting so much pressure on the product because we were building something together. I think we both wanted to impress each other and we were working too hard on it that we forgot that um, our relationship was never about the brand. So until one night I was super angry and I told Randy, listen, I, I don't want this brand anymore. And here Randy told me something, you know, Thank that... Thank God. That she, <laughs> he told me something that changed like our whole perspective on the brand. You want to say? You it? remember. Of course I remember. Then <laughs> Randy said, I don't care about the brand. I care about the relationship more. And this is when all the pressure to make this brand super perfect and make major sales went away. And this, at, uh, starting this moment, we were just you know, selling at our own pace, remembering that if we're doing fine, the brand will do fine as well. But if the brand is doing fine at our, at, you know, um, the price of our relationship, of our mental health, knowing that we both have full-time jobs at the, on the side.
1: Yeah, that's actually the other side. So yeah. you're, there's yeah. already stress. It's got nothing to do with the product. Yeah, so you're managing more than, more than two things. You're managing your own lives, which are full, full-time jobs. You're managing a product... That you just designed together, and the beginning of a relationship.
2: Yeah, the Lebanon, the and crisis in Lebanon. Yeah. <laughs> Lebanon. Yeah,
3: Lebanon itself is a big trauma and yeah. a blessing.
2: The HR question, like, uh, so let me ask you: can that you if, handle if, problems.
0: If,
1: if, if, <laughs> let's say you have a winning uh, recipe. Let's say you found a way to make things line up just right. How would you describe that? Does it does it depend on having separate lives? Separate skills that can transition but not interfere
5: mm-hmm.
1: I mean, does it really m- the way I understand what you've done is that this would never exist had you not been together yes yeah, and you would never come up with this separately, so it only exists because you're together so how would you define that what are the what is the winning uh, recipe
2: communication and uh, understand and uh... Uh, those two are uh, main uh, points.
3: Yeah, and when one is tired, you know, overwhelmed with their own life, the other steps in to take over, you know, the man- managing. So we both had to learn management skills for this brand. And for, for the, And then after the pressure was gone, off of, you know, the pressure of having to make sales. We started seeing Pop and Pollen as a way to meet people. You know, we met you through it. We met so many interesting individuals. So for us, it was not like selling a brand no, anymore. I, but
1: no, no, that's not true. He introduced himself to me as a fan of the podcast. <laughs>
3: yeah, he was a fan of the yeah, podcast. Yeah,
1: and then you said, try my pollen. Oops. No, but you, it worked. I mean... We've yeah. done two episodes. And about now public. you're binging. Up now, on yeah, you. yeah, exactly.
3: <laughs> but yeah, so we, start, we stopped seeing it as a product and we just started seeing it as a way to meet people outside of our work. So yes. uh, and we met super interesting individuals. We met uh, yoga, yogis. We met uh, gym people. So we we met chefs. So we met bartenders. We met all kinds of people in all walks of life. And uh, we never would have met without without the product.
1: I know little about the startup scene today. I knew much more about it when the economy was in a better place. You're one of the few examples I've heard of something started recently, in particular post-corona. So it's in the darkest chapter. I don't know other examples, they don't come to me right away, that you're actually able to start something and keep it growing. So have you have you met other people in this world that have had similar stories, successful startups?
2: Yeah, you know, when uh, you are in crisis, so people uh, try to to find a way to to stay uh, in this country and alive. So we met a lot of uh, interesting people, like... uh,
3: for yeah, We met a friend who makes. Cheers, uh, yeah, <laughs> we met we met a friend, for example, who makes uh, organic tea, uh, an organic tea brand, but it's like um, spiritual tea. It's called Deep Trip. We met so many people who are doing their. Everyone now seems in Lebanon seems to be doing their own thing. Like I'm not sure um, how I mean, how I mean their more, growth is going. More,
1: yeah, it's a successful startups. Yeah. yeah. Do you meet other people that are? able to do this now? Because it, it really depends on
2: having... You, you know, you, you need to create a community. Like, we, we support each other. Okay, uh, Huda and me, we are a good uh, team. And we support each other. one uh, if, if one of us is down, the other support. But, uh, you know, uh, for example, other uh, other startup uh, there's uh, people starting, uh, they are alone, you know. You should always keep pushing them. Yes, let's go. We can uh, uh, enhance here and you can ha- we can help you in here. So we created a, a cool community like, uh, of uh, startups and uh, entrepreneurs.
1: What I've seen
2: yeah. is uh, nature
1: has become more important. Mm-hmm. In Lebanon? So, yeah. this is recent. And worldwide? Worldwide, but I, my, my limited window really is seeing how people are caring more about nature and about their own individual well-being. So you have people, not to make fun of it, I don't want to be too hard, but yeah, you do have these yoga retreats. I don't personally take them that seriously, but it seems to work for them. Yeah. You have a lot of health-conscious activity. You have a lot of camping, a lot of nature-specific activity. Some of it is business-oriented. Some of it is literally you're renting property to use as a campsite there's sometimes a financial angle to it. It seems like this would fall better in that community's orbit. Those that are more protective of nature
2: or maybe Uh, have an appreciation. We we found ourselves more uh, relaxed and happy in nature. So we chose to go uh, do camps, uh, do uh, hikes uh, and do activities, uh, outdoor activities, you know. It's uh, it's we 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 chose, mm-hmm. so we we can uh, instead we we can uh, stay in Beirut in Ashrafi and live our life in Ashrafi, go have a drink every night and uh, wake up uh, have a coffee. But instead we chose to to live uh, to choose a more wild life.
3: Yes, and pop and pollen isn't an, in its essence. It's not a very we didn't start it for it to be commercial. We we really did it for awareness. Hmm. So it was really to touch people and to introduce them to a product that will actually be beneficial for them. Um, for so what? For physical what? Physical and
2: mental health
1: yeah.
3: awareness.
2: Yeah. yeah. That's what we need as a human.
3: Yeah. And especially as people in Lebanon. Like, I think we needed this. We don't need a brand that will just sell out and be good for a year or two and then die. Like, we needed something sustainable. To encourage people that it's fine uh, if you're finding comfort in nature and not in the typical activities we do as Lebanese people, you know, like party, shop like crazy, uh, eat at fancy restaurants, no, like in more simple things, because it's more accessible to everyone as well.
1: That's holistic, I guess. That's the word, right? It's Um, both mental and physical.
3: Yeah, but it's more like, um, yeah, it it is holistic, but it's also more natural. We wanted it to be a very down-to-earth brand. Uh, very accessible to everyone and just spread awareness on something that is around us. Like, have you ever not seen a bee? Everyone has seen a bee and they're, they're all around us and yeah. we just have to, you know, admire these little creatures and what they do.
1: One more question. Thank you, Queen.
3: <laughs> the king bee.
1: I, I wish there was something called it that doesn't exist. <laughs> It's the king on the chess set is the Maybe least... Maybe
3: Randy's TikTok page, if he opens one. Uh, yeah.
1: <laughs> so it's nice to see that you have something that's easy to access. The branding is quite funky. It's, it's, it's user-friendly, even the propolis. The made, made in Spain, is there any intent on making this a Lebanese product? And I yes. don't mean the packaging. I mean mm. the machinery... Actually finding a way to make it affordable.
2: Yeah, you know, in Lebanon, we have uh, all what we need. We can be self-sufficient. Uh, our nature is uh, perfect. We have the best climate. Uh, so what we are doing now, the the money that we raised, uh, now we are investing in uh, beekeepers, in Lebanese beekeepers, to help them to get the material. Uh, but we still have... Uh,
3: yeah, we come have out
2: a, to... Uh,
5: a long to way.
1: A long way. And that means just finding the equipment that can make it cheaper.
3: Yeah, they can make bee pollen more like... They can make high-quality Lebanese bee pollen. Right. This is what we want to do. And to empower beekeepers to also make it... Because for now, honey is more beneficial for them yeah. uh, in terms of sales. Uh, and they have more experience in... And removing honey, but there's not more experience and much experience in making pollen or in extracting it from the beehives yeah, and the
2: difficulty is that we are here in Beirut you know uh, we need to communicate with the beekeepers that are in the uh, south or in the north or all over the Lebanon or over Lebanon so
3: time time constraints because yeah. we have
1: is potential. there anyone selling Lebanese pollen? Uh, yes yeah, there's a lot. there is Lebanese pollen,
2: yeah, but not dried.
3: Not
1: no. dried, okay. Or even and if it's
3: dried, it's very small quantity.
2: Yeah, very small quantity. Okay,
1: so you you you're still dependent on importing pollen for larger sales.
2: Yeah, but uh, now we are helping Lebanese uh, beekeepers that they have uh, Lebanese uh, bee pollen. We are uh, helping them to to sell uh, their product so mm-hmm. we are buying their product and we are selling them yeah,
3: yeah we're selling Lebanese pollen with Hezek music, for example if you know her yes. she yeah, she drives the super cool van yeah. so she insists on having everything local and we want we always wanted to empower Lebanese beekeepers so we're you know buying their pollen and uh, helping and them by up. buying
2: you are uh, supporting. Help, supporting and the Thomas one like to. Yes, for next year, but like
1: uh, I want more in pollen. the
2: season, I will buy a hundred uh, kilos. So in
0: from her you. case,
1: she has to use Lebanese pollen from the from your yes. beehive. So you are you have your own Lebanese pollen on the side. I see.
2: So mass yeah. sales, but it's not a big quantity, so yeah, we can't exactly. afford to. You know, yeah. that's uh, that's a problem.
1: So no. for the background. The science of beekeeping, the, the actual life of a beekeeper, all that stuff, that's covered on MTV. I'm not going to repeat that, but I'm going to merge these stories together because they, they feed off each other. I'm glad you guys are still together after all that stress of putting a business together.
2: Yeah, we learned a lot and it was a great experience.
1: Yeah, and it's actually fun to taste your product for the first time. It, it is. It's delicious. I like both the Thanks. raw, but I do like propolis more.
0: Yeah,
1: I am it's medical a
2: propolis. It's more medical. I you need some what? more medical
1: propolis.
2: <laughs> so let's take a maybe Malik Tawo. We can add the uh, Mahal <laughs>
5: <laughs>
3: <laughs> propolis.
2: I might actually then buy (laughs) malakatau.
3: Yeah, or after eating, actually, because it removes um, that odor from uh, from your mouth. So after malakatau, just drop in some propolis. Before
2: you're gonna kiss somebody, put some after smoking. You can try. uh, You can uh, uh, take uh, propolis. So uh, it it, will cleans your uh, mouth and. uh, We'll take a five minute
1: break. Okay, we'll let audience ask questions afterwards. Maybe we'll talk about. Uh, your sexual advice as well, using pollen, <laughs> which you seem to <laughs> emphasize regularly. We'll leave that to the Q and A. All right. Oh, yes. no. Thanks for that. Thanks, Randy. Thank, thank, you. Thank, you. Roni. thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you. Before we get to the Q&A, before we, ask, before we let the audience ask questions, you wanted to tell me the sexual advantages of pollen. Oh. So, Randy, go ahead.
2: Okay. on
1: um, you're next, by the way. Oh, no. The products are known for, uh, you know... Uh, no, but can you say it in a way that's very scientific, so... <laughs> according so, to
2: research... According to many... Uh, many trial and errors. And uh, experience... <laughs> yeah. Uh, B-Products are known for uh, their uh, energize, for uh, giving energize, uh, so you can see our logo is Boost Your Day, it will uh, boost their uh, health and uh, Sexual energy. Sexual energy.
1: Is he this sexy when you're <laughs> trying pollen <laughs> together? <laughs> okay, so it has... These are what? Mythical... Uh, like, what is this? Generations no. ago? Actually... Somebody tested pollen and had a good night.
2: Ah, uh, they say that uh, people that... Uh, for males, that... They
5: do
2: technique?
3: <laughs> yeah, yeah
2: so bee pollen will help them to to have kids to yeah. have kids yes Wow
3: it increases fertility yes I don't know this but even know. by the way even for women and I, I personally experienced this that bee pollen also helps you st- stabilize your cycle so huh. because your body is getting is getting all the nutrients it needs, you get a more stable cycle as well like period.
1: And that's scientifically proven? Yeah. No, yes. it's like not...
3: Sci- yeah. I mean, there there are research on it. There are research. Okay. On
2: it. Interesting. Uh, we did a lot of uh, research and uh, by growing our community, we learned from our uh, beekeepers' friends. So uh, a lot of uh, people that they have a lack in uh, sexual uh, activity or uh, in... Uh, uh, Performers, it? oh
3: fertility! Ferti- fertility.
2: is a USB pollen and uh, and it
3: worked for them. Yeah, yeah. And Angelier
2: can... Royal. You know, Jolly yeah, Royale. it's royal, royal
3: jelly. jelly. By the way, like um, when you go to pharmacies, some pharmacies sell uh, something like special honey, which is basically a mix of honey and and pollen and royal jelly, and it gives you a massive boost. It's like the nature nature's Viagra.
1: So royal jelly is the added. Component. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so all of these things are the reason you would take it in the gym too. It's just more energy. Yeah, but yeah. royal
3: jelly is very intense. You cannot take it. You cannot consume it on the daily, like bee pollen. Mm-hmm. Right? Like yes. royal jelly, I don't know how, how often it should be consumed. Uh,
2: sh- yani, uh, Not a lot. Uh, you should be careful about royal jelly, because it has bad effects. So you should use it once every four uh, days. uh, It's very intense, yeah. And a small quantity, machine angel. Yeah. Not even a spoon, less than a spoon. I hate to see how that ends up. (laughs) Hello, we'll do uh, (laughs) (laughs)
1: it. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) No research, please. (laughs) So the friends of these two... Ask them questions, please. And be as intimate as you'd like. They spoke about everything tonight. Mr. Tea Maker, Trippin' Tea, is it?
3: No, that's not him. You're not Danny? No, this is not him.
1: Oh, you're Danny. You're Danny. Who's Danny? Actually, it's you because they showed me your (laughs) account (laughs)
3: once. Identity crisis. Okay,
1: so question Danny. You have the microphone. You can ask a question.
4: Um, okay, so I think my first question would be for Randy. Of, uh, so, I mean, you spoke before that we're currently in a huge economic crisis that basically we hope to see an end for, but we don't. But within this crisis, uh, apart from Huda, what made you think, oh, it's a good time to start?
2: Uh, there's no good time to start. You should, you should try. At first, you try. And... Uh, if you see a potential, you keep going. You, you see, uh, at first you, you need to do some uh, testing on the market. Uh, you go, you you you. So you 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 do some research. You you go ask people, uh, make them uh, try your product, uh, uh, even from label uh, packaging to. S- Selling. Uh, uh, yeah. Wait.
3: There's no right time to try, yeah, and I basically no just go for it any time.
2: Yes, create a good team and go go ahead. Really. Question number two.
4: Ask them all together. Oh, ask another one. Yeah. Um. So sorry. So uh, during one of your talks, you highlighted that um, pollen has a healthy effect, but then you also use you also said that you can use pollen as a topping for desserts like unhealthy sugar. So how would you try to market this healthy pollen onto unhealthy sweets and desserts and like the benefits of it?
3: Mm-hmm. So here comes a different market target. Like we have the the tar the market target that is into healthy stuff. They would probably use pollen either as a raw product or mix it with honey, with natural sweeteners, etc., or, uh, or even in tea. But for example, because we want to make pollen uh, seem accessible, because we, pollen is accessible to everyone, to all markets, to all tastes, uh, healthy or unhealthy, we don't want it to be seen only as a healthy product only for health fanatics, you know. We want it to be seen as a fun product for everyone. Like you can have it with your alcohol with your or with your desserts. So this is why we want it, to, because it is, and we want people to see it as well the way we see it, as a fun product that is just good with everything. Your healthy tea to your unhealthy desserts.
1: That's actually a good question, though. Can you actually market it in a way that it targets, I don't know, what you said are unhealthy desserts?
3: Yeah, I, mean, I use her words. Yeah. She said, I'm
1: not yeah. So I fancy right. Yeah. Is there a way to actually spread that? Uh,
2: like you okay. know, we tried the uh, ice cream with uh, bee pollen. So okay. So bee pollen uh, ice cream is full of sugar. So after consuming uh, one two spoon, halas uh, you're enough. مش ايدر بات كاف so when you add the pollen, you, literally you can finish all the uh, ice cream box.
3: <laughs> exactly. And we tried this. So it increases sales because of the texture. So people, for example, why do we consume chips so much? Because they're salty, they're yeah. rich in texture. So pollen, for example, can add texture to your desserts, which makes people consume it more. It's uh, vibrant. It's yellow. You know, the best color in marketing is yellow, for example. And so the
2: taste. Yeah. The
3: taste is sweet as well. And so. flowery. Mm-hmm. So it's unique it, and it's a combination that you cannot make um, unnaturally. So you, you have to use the raw product on the desserts for the, for the very special taste of it.
2: Even on chocolate, you can add it on chocolate.
3: Mm-hmm. And because it gives you, for example, a buzz, speaking of unhealthy products like alcohol, for example, uh, some people also use it with alcohol, like pollen Prosecco, because it gives you the mix of the buzz from alcohol and the extra buzz from pollen. So it's like a very uh, unique experience.
2: And when you add pollen you can uh, decrease the use of sugar in the product, like in alcohol or in dessert. Dessert, you know.
3: So you lose, you use less sugar anyway.
2: Yeah.
1: We'll save your last two questions for later. Samuel. Oh, actually, maybe we can go first to. Uh,
4: do you think Patrick. you can merge between the social aspect and the commercial aspect? And the future, or you you have to separate Social them.
3: aspect, the aspect of the pollen. You want to answer that? No, go ahead. Okay. Yes, of course. So actually, because uh, Pop and Pollen started with an idea of raising awareness and empowering beekeepers, it was always ran this goal. So and at Pop and Pollen, we we're aiming to like. The profit we make, we are not not using it for personal purposes. We are actually using it to either empower beekeepers by buying, you know, their stock of pollen, uh, giving them tips. uh, uh, And we are also aiming to buy the drying machine, the pollen drying machine that many beekeepers can use. So we are using our marketing skills and, you know, our trustworthiness on the market to help other uh, beekeepers either sell their products or... To empower them with, uh, you know, providing uh, equipment for them. This is our goal.
1: I didn't know you put the money back into the... Yeah, the investment. Yeah. Yeah.
3: So hmm.
2: we started with a small investment and now we are reusing the profit. And uh, a small, like, uh, point that we, uh, from one, uh, last year to to now, till now, the, we can see, you, you can see that the price of bee pollen on the market and uh, the awareness is, uh, is actually working. You know, there's a lot more of uh, you're hearing more about uh, bee product like propolis, like bee pollen. So beekeepers are now uh, tend to go more for social media, for marketing and to, to sell on the e-commerce uh, and to spread awareness.
1: Were there other digital marketing questions? Julia, did you have a question? Yeah? Julia has a question. Julia has a question.
3: So, so first of all, um, how did you start beekeeping? Like, was someone in your family a beekeeper
2: already? Yeah. My, actually, uh, all my uh, patients were, uh, we were always having a beekeep, uh, a hive in the house, you know? that uh, and uh, my dad started from uh, he took uh, he, my dad knows all uh, all the how to raise a hive but uh, he, he never wanted to, to grow his uh, his uh, production. production you know okay. so since i was a kid i was going help uh, helping my dad and my uncle and all my uh, relatives so I, I grow in a, com- in a community of beekeepers.
3: Okay. And then a second question. Um, so you said that the bees feel when you're nervous. Yeah. So I don't know, I heard, I heard, I don't know if it's true, that like dogs smell the fear. So is it something similar for bees? How, how do you see that they feel that they're nervous? Like how do they react when you're nervous? Uh,
2: they... When, you, when they feel that you are uh, weak and uh, fear and you fear uh, they uh, I think they will feel uh, the they adrenaline will, uh, yeah. I think
3: dogs and animals in general have certain adrenaline receptors when we are nervous how do you see that? Do,
2: uh, do they attack you? yeah they will attack you and, and you will uh, and if you don't uh, if you don't confront them, uh, they will uh, come, like, uh, bite you very easily. How, how
3: do you confront them? Like, you stay calm?
2: You stay calm, you use good material, like we use, uh, I would say, matrané. Uh,
3: Paper? Like something uh, that's... Um,
2: we smoke, we, yeah, we light up a small, like, zatar uh, and uh, aromatic uh, plants. <laughs> So they can smell good uh, vibes, and and, uh, uh, so that's it. Even I uh, was into zookeepers to to learn more about animals. So all all uh, uh, how we say all uh, all animals they feel you, they feel us. So we should always be calm, and uh, we we should always act. in a good uh, way please yes
3: you mentioned that you are importing from Spain Uh, you said that you are importing from Spain so did you uh, see uh, if there is in the region you can as well import or you just checked in Spain
2: Uh, Spain is uh,
3: let's say Syria Jordan uh,
2: uh, so I never went to Syria and uh, maybe, but uh, Spain is known for its quality and uh, we, ha- we have a certificate. You know, we, we, we buy a certification with a lab test, with all the certified. So we don't need to worry about uh, anything and it's, uh, they are very transparent with us, you know. And ethical. So, yeah, so that's what we need. From a Spain
1: is the largest distributor in the pl- yeah, yeah it has Spain, one of the best bee uh, pollen yeah in and the that's word. what makes it cheaper in other um, words it's
3: not cheaper but it's more abundant like because when we started popping pollen we also wanted a stable stock we did not want mm. to be out of it and in yeah. Lebanon it wasn't stable but actually, because
2: it's, so it's not easy to import from one you can't this year from this supplier and the next year, uh, the next batch even for another uh, supplier, it will uh, take time, it will... Uh, but it's the right
1: question that you could literally next door, I'm sure there's ways to access mm-hmm. cheaper pollen and it's reliable. Is is everyone in the world importing Spanish pollen anyway? In the world? I mean, if, let's say you go to New Zealand and you want to import pollen. Are you still importing Spanish pollen?
2: Uh, yeah, they're we the
1: best.
3: Know. No, we, but we don't know actually. Yeah, like I think they they have maybe they probably have their local stock of pollen. Like in New Zealand, it's huge. It's a huge country. Uh, there are more um, more laws uh, protecting beekeepers, for example, or the environment. So, right. so yeah, so we wanted it to be an ethical brand as well. This is why we're not importing from regions uh, from countries in the area as well. That. Uh, we had to do uh, double-checking on the testing and on the, um, on the stock.
1: But just thinking in terms of the price to import, I'm guessing you could go to Cyprus or Turkey and also import pollen. But is, it, is there an advantage to Spain? Do they have something that
2: other countries don't have? Uh, they used to export. So they have good uh, price list and... Uh... And uh, that's it. So okay. they help. Uh, they help the client. So it's uh, they have a website. You can. Uh, yeah. So it's easier. Yeah, yeah it's for the easier. Visitors. That's all. Yeah. Okay. But uh, hopefully soon we will uh, we will become self-sufficient as Lebanese beekeepers. Hmm. That's what we are aiming, because Haram uh, Irroha Musriyatna on Exportation. Of course. Sure. Yeah. And we have all the resources. We just need a bit of awareness and knowledge.
3: Yeah, and when there is a demand on Lebanese bee pollen, yeah. as it grows, this is our goal. As right. the demand grows on Lebanese bee pollen, then of course we will have more providers here. We will even become our own provider. Okay.
1: Uh, Mr. T-Man had two more questions. Uh, Simon, yeah? Four more questions?
6: Let me get mine
5: in (laughs) just
6: because. All right. So um, a while back, there was a bit of a crisis with bees. Uh, It was an international thing where bees were dying off because of, uh, you know, uh, climate, climate, uh, the expansion of the human population, whatever. So pollution a lot of that. So uh, how much of that... um, awareness or or that kind of um, it, uh, what kind, what part of that story for in, instance enters into your uh, awareness when you're talking about pollen and yeah uh, so
2: good question uh, actually when uh, the crisis uh, and, uh, you know i know einstein uh, said that there's no bees or uh, human uh, Will die in maximum for four years, so as a lebanese beekeeper we we got a lot of help from uh, international uh, ngos so to help uh, to uh, to help beekeepers all around the world so we created a community you know there's a lot of beekeepers in Lebanon they went to learn beekeeper uh, beekeeping in Italy for example, and in other countries so we uh, it they they helped the community worldwide to uh, to connect you know, and uh, we saw a and now and now uh, we learned a lot we, yeah so so
3: and I also think the beekeeper's job is to keep the is to increase the bee population and keep it ho- keep it up so yeah, this is what they're doing i mean they're from moving bees from a region to another I'm sorry what. From moving uh, bees, to, uh, from, from moving bees to um, to a place and another, you're also protecting them and protecting them pop like repopulate and stay alive during the hard times, winter times. Beekeepers are feeding uh, feed bees also when they don't have enough protein. So yeah. you are farming them in a way that is needed when um, because of climate change and yeah, because we of got the pollution. A lot of
2: help from uh, international uh, NGOs from uh, like uh, as i said the uh, varwa so we important the medical the war. so sorry. so it's uh it cost so we got it uh, for free and uh, when we were in crisis like uh, since 2019 uh, we are getting uh, in a good uh, price.
3: And because now there is more awareness, there's more investment into beekeeping and into uh, initiatives that help beekeepers. So uh,
2: and I think the international NGOs are seeing the Lebanese uh, beekeepers uh, acting like ethically and uh, and yeah. good and they But they actually worldwide
3: manage. now the bee population is increasing again. It's not uh, a risk as much as it was anymore.
2: Yeah, we can see a lot of new startups uh
3: and like, progress.
2: Yeah, and uh, now we have like uh, you know Google, Facebook. They are creating the they are help, uh, for um, exhibition for their uh, employees. Like they are calling for uh, uh, an example in Canada. Uh, it's becoming urban uh, beekeeping. It's a uh, new, uh, hopefully one day in Lebanon. But in Lebanon, uh, urban beekeeping it
5: uh, a motor, disaster. Yeah, the <laughs>
2: the be at Luna. Exactly. Yeah. So, uh, worldwide, it's uh, becoming uh, more trend. You know, what I liked about when we discussed this on
1: MTV, you even talked about things that you shouldn't have to worry about. Your neighbors destroying your work unintentionally. It could be that they just don't know that what they're doing is going to kill off... Yeah, there's a lot
2: of disasters. When a municipality goes and... uh, uh, f- to to kill mosquitoes, for example, right? Yeah. you know, the Berisho. yeah uh, disasters this year,
1: And you mentioned you have to go to your neighbors and explain what you're doing, so that they actually are aware that you
2: have. Yeah, you should uh, always uh, have a good relationship with your neighbors and uh, with the municipality. With yeah, and you should like always you should put your bees very far from uh, population. Yep, like uh, deep, deep in the forest. Go, uh, yeah,
6: That's it. Uh, just a follow-up question, very quick. Um, what is the problem of the bees dying off? Why is this such a, an issue?
2: And this yeah. is for the uh, audience's benefit. Uh, main issue is uh,
3: pollination.
2: Uh, pollination.
3: Pollination.
2: Yeah, mostly no. here rash.
3: I know, like, what are the effects of of, bee, of less, uh, less bee population, you mean? Yeah.
2: Of less bee po- population? Haram. But then, uh, less of bee product, less of honey. Uh, yeah, but
3: also less of plants, less, yeah. less of pollination. We Be- won't have variety anymore. Uh, you know,
2: avocado. The avocado needs bees. To pollinate.
3: Yeah, some plants actually are dependent on bees to, to pollinate them. You and know, to... as a
2: beekeeper, we, we are getting paid to put our hives in uh, special uh, lands, like to pollinate uh, the trees. To get the asra, They sell more. We, we and uh, mm. we are getting more honey, more asra. Uh, yes. So.
5: Gentlemen, next to the team man. <laughs> hi Randy. Hi Hoda. Hello. Hello so, Bashar. <laughs> so I have um, actually a, a question that is kind of out of subject because I feel we talked a lot about your business. so my question is more focused on um, the silent battles that people have when they open a business, and there are two silent battles that are very important and I feel it's interesting to ask about that. So the first question is um, how do you handle criticism from people around you? Like I know for a fact when you open a business with uh, such a unique product that is not uh, really around the market, it's not really experienced you don't find a lot of marketing studies online about opening such a brand, you know what I mean? So, how do you handle the criticism of people around you, in that sense? And do you have do you have a lot of criticism? Yeah, at first
2: we face a lot of uh, criticism, and uh, because it's you know people tend to go for uh, uh, how we say for uh, commercial products yeah, like candy and uh, uh, theft? No, I uh, know. Uh, uh, you know, so by real estate, by big, uh, big, uh, I know unethical, or uh, to be working on an ethical organic product, like you should, uh, you will grow uh, a bit by bit, uh, brick by brick, uh, you will face a lot of problems, but you will. Uh, you should surround yourself with a, this community. You see, uh, you will with, a, uh,
3: with supportive people. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and seek their advice. Yeah, I think that's. It. I think um, it's also about um, being curious enough to keep exploring um, the opportunities or the the communities interested in your product. And For example, lab- when we first started, we wanted to start with gyms, and then. No, Randy saw that it works in pharmacies, it works in restaurants, it works with desserts, with alcohol, so with tea. So we were curious enough to explore also the different communities despite the criticism because we were, oh, we were seeking like the industries that validate this product as well. Plus
2: uh, I faced uh, criticism from my own uh, family because uh, they were working as a beekeepers since they were uh, young. And they were never went on uh, extending and uh, doing, uh, to grow. They are like, uh, We don't care about others. Uh, we have our own uh, community and uh, let's, uh, let's do this. So we face criticism by, uh, Criticism Help us to create more uh, opportunities by uh, doing at first uh, beekeepers of Lebanon to help and to spread awareness that all, we all can uh, become uh, beekeepers. If you have, a, you can start from one hive and uh, then you can grow, grow and uh, have a, a, your uh, a, a production for your family at first, you can benefit you from uh, your family at first and then you can grow more and uh, you can, and and this will help you to uh, to learn about nature, and uh, and you will find yourself. Uh, you will.
1: Uh. Let's wrap it up with a final two questions from the gentleman, Mr. T. Man. I don't know your name.
4: Abdullah. Abdullah. Okay. <laughs> Nothing near Dani. <laughs> Oh uh, Danny, of course. It's daily. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, final two questions are one. I know that you were working on a special Christmas box to certain people. So, would this be a possibility? Like, we could we buy, let's say, a gift box to someone with your products, or yes, is it just a seasonal thing? I love you yeah.
3: So we actually, <laughs> so we actually also started. Uh, wow, um, we're on, visual
4: aid as well. I'm very proud, guys.
3: Thank you so much. So yeah, now we launched after less than a year, yeah, on our one year anniversary, we decided to launch new products besides honey and propolis, which is honey, um, local, raw, organic honey. So we're selling it in boxes and it's a very pretty gift to give for your friends, family or uh, loved one. loved ones, yeah. So, yeah, you can order it on our page, of course, and you can customize it with either honey, uh, propolis, or pollen. So, so you can choose.
2: So instead of uh, consuming chocolate and
4: uh, bed, uh, like, you know... Yeah, we want bed. a healthy
3: Merry Christmas.
4: Your last question. She qu- actually answered my next question. That, she answered the fourth one? I
1: okay,
3: see. thank you so much.
1: Are there, any, are there any other questions? The lovely lady who joined at the end? I'm sure you have one question. Let's wrap it up with you, actually. Perfect. Let's you, you have a you have the last question. Ask Randy anything you'd like. It <laughs> yeah. Doesn't have to be about pollen. It could be. It
3: might uh, be in some of the topics you covered in the talk, but uh... anything about beekeeping can...
1: Does he owe your NGO any money? <laughs> so actually, why the... did you
3: stop coming to the training courses? Oh yes, <laughs>
2: great question. Thank you. <laughs> Randy, why did you stop going to training courses? No, actually, this Saturday I, uh, they, they do. No, nah, really. <laughs> but uh, I'm very, uh, really. You're um, praying now. What th- is that? Thankful for uh, for their help and for spreading awareness. Like, uh, and they are helping us in uh, doing organic. Uh, um,
3: be products
2: uh, Organic... Uh, nifla. Like... Uh, I think with... Ah, uh,
3: uh, organic harvesting. Yeah. Yeah.
1: With your soft and sensual voice, you can say anything and I would believe it.
0: <laughs> like,
1: you didn't even answer the question. <laughs> Actually, <Action, laughs> yeah. yes. Yes. There you go. Yes. Thanks for the answer,
6: too. <laughs> can I ask a question that sure. is sort of related to this? And sorry, no offense to the NGOs, but why... Um, In your opinion, what what would, uh, you know, I'm trying to reformulate the question in my mind very quickly. All right. So why do we need to have a reliance on international NGOs? And, you
2: know, what can we
6: do to become self-reliant?
2: Okay, Uh, actually. uh, okay. so what (laughs) we. The medical mainly what we. What. The international NGOs gave uh, giving us is uh, the material, you know, the uh, material that whoo, like, uh, ma fi in Lebanon, like
3: some beekeeping stuff. Eh, <laughs> yeah, she
2: yani hadid, you know, uh, iron. So ma fi t'canna in Lebanon. That's the first thing. We were facing the currency issue, in Lebanon. We not know, so, they material la everything more So,
3: more advanced technology and more advanced methods. And there are even uh, apiculture workshops uh, abroad all over the world. So, even local Lebanese beekeepers, they go at their own expense and attend these workshops to learn from the international community. So, NGOs are providing these courses for for at no cost for beekeepers who cannot afford to to leave the country like the government doesn't see uh, agriculture sadly as a priority especially beekeeping because it's such a small part in agriculture for them like they and since our government doesn't even care you know about our our finance sector in the country they will not give a damn about the agriculture sector so of course there needs to be more policies in the regard of supporting um, Supporting agricultures. But in Lebanon, our whole system, sadly, we have to depend on the private sector and not on the public one. The initiatives
2: to nước. support Ex- the a But you filled out you filled a gap by
1: trying to start it on your own. I mean you have an account that is meant to bring these people. Together. So, in a way, you're filling in those shoes. I think civil society always does this. I'd never imagine it going into the beekeeping community.
3: Yeah, in Lebanon, sadly, but in yeah. Europe, there are government initiatives the, that right. support uh, beekeepers. But in
1: your case, it's, I guess it would be more municipality rather than the ministry. Municipality
2: is best. Right. Yeah. We try to, to be self uh, sufficient as beekeepers. But uh, like we face in Lebanon we, we face a lot of problems you know many crises. crisis yani el kel shi product كنا عم نبيع انا عم بنبيع you know كل حتى organic عم بينبيع بي يعني ما شي, ما عيلتك ولا we so كبي حتى ما يعني, يعني كل we فيه منه يعني إذا حدا إذا حدا بيساعدك حط إيدك معه يعني وتعلم. and and they, they are helping you to do a good quality you know so ت تضبط معايير ال الف تبعك يعني ما بس بيعطوك السوطس, بيعطوك بحال حبيت you can export
5: Mm-hmm.
1: So, from bringing awareness to people like me who only know this stuff at a distance but are now almost addicted to certain types, almost, almost. <laughs> I, had, I had 30 drops, <laughs> and that's enough, <laughs> to trying to transition from what is a family tradition and opening up maybe uncomfortable boundaries into offering a product, which I'm sure in itself is a journey. There may even be sometimes family pushback and that this is more tradition than commercial enterprise. I can imagine that happening, but you decide to do it anyway. So that's two things. Uh, starting a relationship in the background and making the relationship part of the business strategy, that in itself is a subject. Making it successful is a very difficult thing. Anyway, despite the economic crash, making it successful is in itself a journey. You succeeded and taking it further, whether it's into tea, whether it's becoming broader than just gym routine or people finding it in pharmacies to desserts, to ice cream. I never imagined pollen being part of my everyday life, but now I can see it. Alcohol, right. So I think everything you're doing is in the right direction. MTV was last week. Alia's this week. Maybe we'll do a follow-up <laughs> next year. <laughs> we'll let this settle in a bit. But thanks for joining tonight. Thanks for thank you money. so much. A really money. interesting discussion. Thank you. And thanks to the audience too. Thanks thank to the thank lovely lady for asking the best question I've ever heard.
0: <laughs> Why did
1: you not come to my training session? <laughs> best question ever. So thanks guys.
0: Thank you. Merci. Thanks a lot.
1: Thank you. Thank you. Thank you guys.
0: Thanks for listening and watching, and a friendly reminder to support this podcast by contributing through Patreon or PayPal. All links are in the details box. Until next time, I'm Rani Shatar, and this is the Beirut Banyan.